Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Katie Snevice. Hello, Katie. Hello, Sarah. How's it going? Good. Your house sounds um, strangely empty today. Oh my gosh. I mean, I almost feel guilty about how happy I am that all three of my kids and my husband, God bless him too. <laughs> the fourth <are> all, child. <laughs> exactly. Well, Charlie, it's the debate between my dog and Dan, which one is the fourth child, um, are all gone today. It's so quiet. No one's asking me for snacks or food or drinks or help me get on this. I mean, everything. Um, so yes, it is a very dreamy day. It's the first day of in-person school for all three of my kids. So let's hope it lasts longer than, you know, a week or two. Oh, uh, well, I unfortunately cannot relate. Uh, we, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we, we here in Portland, Oregon, our governor is, um, she really is a rule follower and um, plays things very conservatively with the coronavirus. And so the soonest our schools would start in person would be after November 5th. Well, and, and here's what I don't understand about that because our Colorado is October, but that's right during flu season. So mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, we all have a lot of opinions about this and I won't get into it, but it just seems to have made sense to open up the schools now, be creative with outdoor classrooms and utilize the warm weather as much as possible and then shut it down in November and have them come right. back in February, whenever. Right. right. Oh, right. Like take a, take a huge, massive holiday break. Yes. I mean, and also please in Oregon, if we had big white event tents, we could have school outdoors practically year round. Well, exactly. I mean, same in Colorado, except for those snowstorms, but these kids are used to it. I mean, they, (laughs) they bundle up. Like I, I will say, I know we are very fortunate to be able to send our kids to school. My oldest daughter, who's in fifth grade, was up, her hair brushed, her clothes on at 6.30 this morning. That's how excited she was <laughs> to be back at school. Um, it's just, and I, and I completely understand the reasons behind it, but I wish personally for our school district, district they would have worked a little bit harder to be creative and find a solution because these kids just need to be in school. They really do. I know. Oh my gosh. I had to drive John, my 15 year old to get, or I got to drive my 15 year old son to his high school to get an ID photo taken because then that's their student ID is also allows them to ride the public transportation here in Portland. Okay. Um, Which he's not doing, but it's um, good for the whole year. And, you know, um, a lot of people do rely on it. Yeah. Why not? So, I mean, last year, you know, before all this started, there were times that I had um, driving to school burnout. And as and, we all do. Yes. <laughs> we just had so much fun talking and laughing in the car. And on the drive home, I was like, John, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I so miss driving you to school. You know, it's, I, I completely understand and agree with you. I remember when my kids were really little, um, my sister-in-laws would say, you know, it just, just be prepared because you think it's busy now when I had my three under three years old, but wait until they get into elementary school and middle school. Like it's crazy. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? I slept (laughs) two hours last night. Like I have baby vomit all over myself. I mean, there's no way that this is going to get more challenging. And it's, and it's so true because of the hustle of driving them around everywhere. But I'm with you, Sarah. I miss it. I really do. I just, it's uninterrupted time with your kids. It's, it is, it is. And I just, my goodness. And, and as Dimity would say, you know, when your eyes are focused on the road, you can speak from the heart. So whether that's running 
or driving and being a, a passenger <laughs> in a car. Totally. You have nothing else to do, but just yeah. chit chat. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's a very special time. I agree. So, yeah. Yeah. So every once in a while, you don't want to do it all every day, all day again, but it's nice to, to drive them around every once in a while. Right. Yeah. 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 So, well, but we do find ourselves in a pandemic, so there is no carpooling and no. we would have thought that there was no in-person racing, but that's what we're going to talk about today on the podcast, racing in person. I've been wanting to do an episode like this for a little while and finally decided to pull it together when I saw Coach Jen Harrison of our Train Like a Mother Club did a small half Ironman triathlon in rural Illinois this past weekend. And so Katie, then I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to find other guests? I'm sure there's no one out there who's racing. <laughs> and so, you but know. did you know? Yeah. So, you know, I solicited guests on our Facebook page and I was amazed by how many folks are racing IRL these days, you know? So for instance, there was a Sarah um, in Florida who ran a 5k race on the beach um, and she's doing another event over Labor Day weekend with the same race organizer. And she talked about having all this optimism for the space coast and Walt Disney world marathons. And I'm like, wow, that, that Sarah makes me look like a pessimist. Wow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just a tall order. Um, <laughs> there was, uh, yeah, yeah, there was a, uh, Trisha who ran a four mile race in early July in Maryland. Um, Danielle, uh, has run two races this summer. She just did a marathon in Idaho and, and, um, then I think a half marathon in central Oregon. Um, then there was Anita, like several women who responded to did a trail race in Anita's case. It was a hundred Myler in Georgia had just a simple one. <laughs> yes. <Nope>. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, it was just, you know, so I um, pulled two. Uh, so we'll have coach Jen Harrison. Then I pulled two other mother runners to join us in this conversation, a back and forth conversation, but those other voices were just too good to leave out of this conversation. So we'll hear some of their voices by way of voicemail during the podcast. In fact, let's hear the first one now. My name is Abby. And I ran Kicking It with the Cows in Wrightstown, Wisconsin. I did the 5K. It was amazing to be back out there. The race director and all the committee did amazing jobs from wiping down the porta potties after every use to a rolling start. You got there, you started when you got there. It was amazing. It was a high like I haven't felt in so long. It was truly just a great day to be back out there doing what we love. After this break, Katie and I will be talking to the three women runners who have crossed an actual finish line. Oh my goodness, can't believe it during the pandemic. Stay with us to hear their stories. So want to welcome Jen Harrison, a triathlete and mom of teenage twins, along with her colleague, Liz Waterstrott. Jen coaches our triathlon and heart rate training programs in our Train Like a Mother Club. Perhaps you've heard of it. Uh, Jen was a guest on our pandemic endurance episode in early June. Thank you for joining us again so soon, Jen. Oh, you're welcome. Happy to be here with exciting, awesome I crossed the finish line news. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to rub you like you're a genie out of a bottle or something. I feel like I have glitter all over myself and, and the glitter is like falling off and people are like, oh my gosh, you raced, you raced. But the funny thing is uh, I'm in Illinois. I'm in the Chicago suburbs mm -hmm. and 
we have a lot of options out here. I just got off the phone really? with one of my really good friends who is a race director out here. And um, I was talking about volunteering and what I could do. I was going to ride the lead bike or something in the inner half marathon that's on September 13th here. Yeah. Am wow. I living under a rock? I mean, how are these races happening? Because all I get are cancellations in Colorado. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you guys. I know. And don't get me wrong. Most races have been canceled, the big ones. But mm -hmm. these are local grassroots races okay. that we've always been able to do. And the the um, we can get, so it's all about getting permits, right? So right. the tricky part is the permits. But in the state of Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, um, where the cases are not so bad. I mean, rural Illinois folks is cornfields and roads. I mean, there's nothing mm -hmm. else there. Mm -hmm. So we can put 200 to 250 people on a race site and put them in waves of 25 or 20 and you never see each other again. And it's, that's how we're getting away with it for sure. So because what phase of opening are you at and what number is that for groups congregating? Cause I'm, I think we're not even allowed to have groups of over 10 or maybe 10. 25 at the most. So we're in phase four for oh. Illinois. There's five phases and mm. phase five is full release of back to our normal life. So mm -hmm. we are in phase four in Illinois, but you also remember it changes very quickly. And so our governor, because of the diversity of the state of Illinois, the governor has separated counties. So mm. the city of Chicago, I mean, you can't even breathe in the city of Chicago. Without mm -hmm. a mask. You can't do, it's like New York City. You can't do mm -hmm. anything. In fact, you're not even allowed to travel outside of the city of Chicago into Wisconsin. Even in yeah. Suburbs of Chicago. Oh yeah. We're, we're different counties out here. Got so it. it just depends on the dense population of our counties. So okay. could I do a triathlon here in this, the heart of the suburbs of Chicago? No, mm -hmm. but I drove three and a half, three hours and 45 minutes south of wow. where I'm living. Mm -hmm. And he, it's a totally different county. It's a completely different world, to be honest with you. Mm. So mm. that's so how we're getting away. So when you hear about races in the Midwest, it's all of us that are live in the suburbs that are, that are doing the races, but the races are held in the cornfields of these areas. Mm -hmm. and now that you mentioned, now that I think about some of the responses for people from racing, um, it, they were in kind of rural spots. So I think mm -hmm. we'll hear a little bit of theme of that through some of the voice memos and stuff. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm going to back up for a second, Jen, because we know that there's some changes going on in your house. Your twins are headed off to college. Can you tell us a little about how you're coping, staring down, becoming an empty nester and, and what that what that looks like? I saw on Instagram, you um, maybe it was a funny pun, but you went and looked at cars for your midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the I love. it's a typical midlife crisis. So, so yes, our son went to Western Illinois last week and that went mm -hmm. fine and we're excited and the thing with when you guys were talking earlier about having kids there's three phases of children well maybe four but three phases where you have the babies where you're like oh my god I cannot get through another day and then mm -hmm. you have the, the mm -hmm. stage of life where Sarah's in with her kids where the kids you you you're exhausted because all you do is run around and but then you realize once they get their license and they move past getting their license then you're like oh my god i would love to have that time with them in the car again because now they don't care about me or talk to me Aww, so i'm yeah. in phase three where they don't care about me well kind of don't care about me don't talk to me and then we send them off so we're set we're our son's at college and then we're taking our daughter to rhode island on friday we're driving out there from chicago wow mm. how does she feel about it she's excited 
nervous, all of the things? Just super, super excited. You know, there's a lot of just like everything else, you know, I've had friends, kids that are getting COVID in college. I mean, it's going to be a complete cluster, but I have to put my hats off to some of these universities. And at the end of the day, I, I'm not stupid. I know it's about the financial side of getting kids in college and stuff sure. like that. Um, however, they have really great plans. Like in order for Morgan to even go into Rhode Island uh, for the university, she's got to be tested, has to come back negative. It comes back positive. They put him in a hotel, which is basically a quarantine hotel for 14 days. And if you come from a state that has a positivity rate of over 5%, you have to quarantine with regardless of what your test shows. And those kids are already on campus. So if your positivity rate is of over 5% in the state of California, which it is, mm-hmm. under Rhode Island, you can't, you can't move into the dorms. You have to move into the quarantine dorm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's rough. That's rough. That's not how I remember my freshman week at Colgate. So. <laughs> <laughs> Little different. I do remember throwing up in my mouth, but never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're no, going to get to the bottom of that here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did, I did send, and this is a little bit off color. So consider this your warning if you, this is on speaker, but I sent my son with um, masks, uh, condoms, Mm. And, um, <laughs> and hand sanitizer and said, I would prefer that you wear it all together. <laughs> <laughs> and in the correct place. Don't do it. In the correct place. <laughs> and hand sanitizer can go no! in. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Right. The hand sanitizer has multiple purposes. Um, that is amazing. <laughs> first. Oh my goodness. All right. So, so tell us how you hopped into this half Ironman race, which I originally, when I saw it on Instagram, thought it was a half marathon, which was impressive enough. No, you had to do three sports at extreme distances. So like, how'd you hear about it? How long before the race did you decide to hop in? And then, you know, what made you feel like it would be a safe enough experience? Yeah, so I'm good friends with, because it's all rural, it's all Illinois, so I've been racing for a long time, so the race director said, hey, Jen, I'm doing this, called me, will you come down and race, um, I'll throw you in a hotel if you race, and I said, okay, cowboy, I'll race, what are your, what are your, you know, what's the restrictions on everything, he's like, I'm limiting, limiting, can't, limiting it to 200 mm-hmm. to 250 people, because that's what I can get the permit for in our mm-hmm. county, in Illinois, and I would prefer everybody in masks until we start the race. And I said, okay, I'll be there. He actually was going to have it over Labor Day weekend, but moved it up to August 22nd because he thought that the county that the race was held in might go back a phase. Um, It didn't. And so we proceeded with the race, but I had no, I absolutely had no reservations or hesitations to race. It's in the middle of nowhere. And I've done this race back in the day uh, many times. So, and then how about the start, like in the picking up your race numbers? Like, I mean, was there a a wave start? Yeah. So he had a sprint race and then he had a half Ironman race. And so the sprint race went first and it was actually a time trial, two at a time. So we were lined up and we were lined up two at a time. So you'd run into the water over the timing mat to get started. And he waited until the sprint racers were done to start the half Ironman race. So we never crossed with the sprint athletes. Mm. Um, for the half Ironman athletes, we started two at a time. Mm-hmm. And we, 
The challenge with racing in central Illinois, or in, in basically southern or central Illinois, is that you pull from such a different population. You're pulling from Missouri and some of the other neighboring states that have different beliefs and different mindsets about masks. Mm -hmm. um, but let me tell you, every single athlete, I had probably 12 athletes that I coached down there and myself and everybody from Chicago, we all had masks on. We weren't messing around. So sure. I didn't care what anybody thought or what anybody said. I wore a mask in transition and wore a mask until we basically lined up for the swim. And then we were all six feet apart and people were very respectful mm -hmm. and um, it worked really well. Mm. What about some of the other um, things along the way? I mean, I'm assuming they didn't provide water or noon or anything. You just had to transport your own. I mean, did oh, they God. have any accommodations across, along the course? They had to because with the half Ironman, um, we're talking, and, and you know this, but for people that are listening that don't know what a half Ironman is, it's a 1.2 mile swim. Mm -hmm. It is a 56 mile bike, ended up being 57 mile bike. And then at the half marathon, which on a good day, you're having the guys come in at 4.30 to five hours. And so then that's the fastest winner. So think mm -hmm. about people are out there six, seven, up to eight hours. Right. Can't Pretty carry that much water. Yeah. You have to serve something or else you can get into big trouble. And it was 94, 95 degrees when we finished. So <laughs> And I, I bet a little humidity maybe. <laughs> and humid corn. Um, breathing in humid corn because corn is... <laughs> Corn gets harvested here in October, so it's getting to the point where it's harvested. But anyway, um, yes, yeah, so there was one aid station on the bike, but it was a two-loop bike, so we went through that. Technically, you only go through it once because then you're at the finish line for the second time. Mm -hmm. And then for the run, there were um, two or three aid stations on a, on a two-loop course. Okay. But there were no cups. They, o they only gave bottles that were not open. So they okay. get a bottle of water or a bottle of Gatorade unopened. Mm. Hmm. And, so we, and, had to, we had to twist those tops. Yeah. And that's something I would never, ever be able to do in an, or would I do in a normal race? I'd be like, what the heck? Just give me the cup so I can right. down fast. So that was the COVID rule. Everything had to be, nothing was opened. I feel like also when I'm running, I haven't run that many long distances, but my hands just don't work after a while. Was it hard for you to, to untwist it? I don't know if I would even be able to do that. Yeah, hard is an understatement. So I'm carrying 90 some degrees and, and pretty much self-supported. I'm carrying a handheld Nathan in my right hand that has three gels in there, my electrolyte drink with calories and a whole container of salt tablets. Mm. So that is in one hand. So then I get the bottle of water in my other hand and I'm like, oh God, I can't, I don't know how to manage this. <laughs> Put it between your legs. Seriously, you just squeeze I, it somewhere. I would never stop. I, I wouldn't stop. So unless I got into trouble. So I, I, I won't let, I won't stop. So then I'm like, oh my God. So I'm taking, I'm, I'm putting it underneath my armpit is what I'm uh -huh. doing. Take my Nathan, put it underneath my armpit, open. It's almost like you're opening a can of pop opening the, the water bottle, shoving it down my throat, all over my chest because I'm and head because I'm hot mm -hmm. and, then it and then carrying on. So that's, that's what we were doing. And it's funny because I've never practiced that. So <laughs> it was one of those things where we we're like, kind of like juggling kind of out there without stopping. So right. <laughs> that's impressive. Um, so given the fact that you're a coach, you must know other people who have done races this summer. Are there any you know, best practices you've heard during races or you've heard about races that are going on that seem like really smart ideas to you that you'd like to share with our audience and race directors that are listening? You know, I think that 
in my opinion, um, if you, if the race directors and the athletes wear masks mm -hmm. during packet pickup, during transition or the start of the race for the open running events, 5k, 10k or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then no touching. So one of the hard things was no high fives, no, um, I know this sounds really crazy, but hugging, I'm a hugger. So when I see people in the middle of Illinois that I've known for 20 years, but we come from different areas, I'm like, oh my gosh, hello. And I want to hug them. And I, and I didn't, and that's just, mm -hmm. but that's in normal life too, of course. So I think the masks, and having hand sanitizer in transition and having hand, san hand sanitizer when you pick up your race packets and then keeping marks on the ground or areas. So when you pick up a race packet, you either do a drive by and pick it up, which is what we're doing on September the 13th, oh. the half marathon. Oh, smart. We have like a, yeah, we have a rented one of the sponsors trucks or like a, um, uh, almost like a U-Haul. Okay. And we're going to have one of those long poles oh, that gosh. has little, those little chompers. Well, first off it. Like, yes. the garbage, like the garbage <laughs> things you can pick up garbage with. Yeah. My kids annoy that's each how, other with those things. Uh-huh. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's how we're handing out packets um, for the race for the open marathon on September 13th here in Chicago, in the suburbs. And so we were just talking about that this morning and that's how we're doing it. So just fun, creative ideas like that where we have less, contact is really important. And the other important piece, make sure you can be self-supported as much as you can out there. So mm -hmm. if people are concerned about taking water, taking fluids from the course, carry your own stuff. Now in a half Ironman, that's impossible, but right. in running races, except ultras, you can manage that. Do you think that there would have been any way at all possible that like the Chicago marathon could have gone on this year with that no. number of people, right? Yeah. There's no just way. Because they would have, if they had to stagger it, it would have taken 24 hours to get 50,000 people across the, the well, and, line. and also all those people coming in from right. various, you know, the international people wouldn't be able to get here mm -hmm. or they wouldn't be let back into their home country when they try to return. Right. And right. Also just, I think for, um, I know for the Missoula Marathon, a lot of it was they, that the townspeople didn't want a whole bunch of quote unquote outsiders coming in and bringing all, you know, bringing virus from the big city of Portland and the big city of Seattle, <laughs> places like that, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's the melting pot aspect of a race. I think that's part of it. I completely agree. And I think that's why a lot of the big races won't happen for a little bit because just because of that reason, um, but why we should put some of our efforts and money and time into some of these small races where you have a couple hundred people and mm -hmm. you do the best you can with the self-supported and, and masks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And now speaking of masks, when you say that, did, so did that become part of your transition kit that it was there next to maybe your peanut butter and jelly sandwich that you had a new mask? Cause you didn't, you didn't carry your mask into the water with you, obviously, or, or on the bike, right? I didn't No, Um, it was not required. And in that 90 mid nineties heat, it would have been a little bit uh, aggressive for us, I think. And, mm -hmm. and to do that. But no, I had it in transition in the setup during the morning. And then I just put it in my bag when we started the race, when we head down to this, to the water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I wore it. And I actually had it on during the warm up when I did some running warm up, some pickups and some strides and stuff. I wore it uh, because mm -hmm. I was crisscrossing so many different people out there. Um, oh, so yeah. It, and it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big deal at all to me. I, I have no problems wearing masks if it means we can all get past this quicker. Yeah. yeah. Is there a mask that you like to work out in? Is there, do you like use a gator or is it an athletic mm -hmm. mask or just whatever? 
Yeah, just whatever. I have just the hospital grade masks and then I have masks that, you know, the grandmas and the moms made and all that. And Mm -hmm. um, no, I don't really have a preference of them. I do not. I'm lucky to live in a place where I don't crisscross people when I'm working out for the most parts. Like I don't Mm -hmm. live in the city of Chicago where I'd have to work Right. So. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let us live vicariously through you on your post-race Instagram you wrote, I miss racing. I miss the competition and the relentless pursuit of finding my own limits. And I miss suffering that only happens when the gun goes off. So how did it feel to be in a race again? I just felt so good. You know, there are some athletes out there that love the process of training. And there's some athletes out there that really just like to race. And there's, and some like both. I really like the race. Um, I've been doing this a really long time and I, what drives me and what motivates me is competition. Um, so for me, it was chasing the first girl that was in first, I don't even wear a watch because it doesn't matter. Mm. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter how fast I go. I just want to get, I want to be in first or I want to do whatever I can to catch first or second or third or whatever. So for me, it was just that excitement of chasing somebody that excitement of pushing myself. And it was really a tricky day for us because it was so hot. We Mm -hmm. had to be really, really, really careful. You couldn't hammer that, that course because it was too hot. So Mm -hmm. it was so exciting. It was like, it was like satisfaction. You know, when you do something like a a run or a race and you're just, you just have that sense of satisfaction regardless of how you do. Cause frankly, I was slow um, for myself. So I was kind Mm -hmm. of beating myself up with that. And finally I was like, Jenny, get over your, get over it, get over yourself who cares? You got to race and 90% of the population in the United States is not. You're out there. Yeah. That's an accomplishment in itself. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing with us, Jen and um, congrats. Cause it, I, I think you had a fantastic race. So uh. I'll find any road trip to Rhode Island. Yeah. Thanks girls. I will yeah, have be, a great time. Yeah. Be safe. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. All right. Before we move on to our next guest, let's hear another voice memo. My name is Jen, and I ran the Maine to Maine Half Marathon last Saturday, the 22nd, in Iowa. Um, felt great to be out running again on a real course with spectators and water stops and kind of that normalcy. Um, Expo packet pickup was very small and was outside. Everything was kept outside. Race um, Racers were started in small groups, so everything felt safe and well thought out. It was just amazing to be out there running again with others and seeing the support of the running community. Our next guest is Heather LaFries, a health and fitness teacher at a high school in Spokane, Washington. Heather is a mother runner of an eight-year-old who she has bribed to go into a toy store to shop so that she can talk with us. Um, so, and, and um, as if life's not crazy enough, Heather is fresh off um, her race. She ran the Coeur d'Alene Marathon last Sunday in Idaho. So thanks for joining us, Heather. Sure. I'm happy to be here. Good, good. Heather, I really love um, your move for keeping your daughter busy right now. That's so awesome. Um, Yeah. I'd love to know a little bit more about your running background, including your involvement with the women's running group in Spokane called the Sure. Sure. Well, I actually started, um, founded, co-founded the Spokane Swiss about 12 years ago and have been in charge of it um, pretty much for the last 12 years. Um, It's awesome. It's a group of women. Um, and we're all about just spreading the love of running. Um, I started running. Yes, <laughs> I started running um, 
my last year of high school and then actually ended up running at Gonzaga University. I ran cross country and track. And then um, shortly after graduation, it was kind of like, what's next? Um, and so I jumped into marathoning and never really looked back. Um, my first marathon, of course, I was just like, I'm never, ever doing that again. It was so <laughs> painful. But you know how that goes. It's kind of like childbirth, too. And then six months later, I was signed up again for another one. And now um, I just did number 48. So I kind of never stopped once I got started. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. and your your goal is to run 50 by the time you turn 50 and you're 48. So you got two years yes. left. Yes. So, um, and they're not, you're not specifically trying to run the 50 states. Is that right? Correct. You're, you're doing, yes. Okay. I, I'm not doing 50 states, just 50 marathons. And just 50 marathons. Yeah. Yes. Only. yeah just. <laughs> I only oh. decided that about five years ago, I realized I had done over 40 and I wow. was about 43 and my twin, I have an identical twin sister. I thought you did. I, yes. I Facebook stalked you a little bit. Yes. I was like, I think, and, they're, I think they're twins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I basically do the running for both of us. And then she, <laughs> then she advertises it. She runs too, but um, <laughs> she has had to back off because she has arthritis and a knee. Um, mm. And so she was like, you could do, you should do your age in running um, when, and so I was like, you're right. I could probably get to 50 and I've had to cram in a whole bunch the last couple of years because when well, I got, that's, go ahead. Oh, go. Oh, I was going to, well, I was going to say, well, that's, did the, have, then did the panic kind of exacerbate that? Did you make yes. you realize like, Oh, if this lasts a really long time, I'm not going to have any other marathons. To oh, yes, totally. And before COVID even hit, I went through two stress fractures. Well, pregnancy, oh, two stress fractures. And then my mom got really sick and died. And so I, there were all right. these like derailments of my goal. Um, just because life kind of, life got in the way. And then I got back up to speed with the New York Marathon this last fall. And then COVID, and then COVID hit. I was supposed to do two marathons um, this spring. And, you know, it all went to hell. And so um, I, then Coeur d'Alene, um, this Ryan Height and the Negative Split Running Company kept pushing to do their um, socially distanced marathon. And at the last minute, I was like, I'm doing it. You know, mm -hmm. I just, I got really excited and decided that I was going to have to start doing some virtuals or hop in because mm -hmm. now I'm worried things might not uh, mm -hmm. be back wow. to normal by the time I'm 50. Who knows? Who oh knows? yeah, we got to be more optimistic than that. Right. Yeah, we are. I am. Yes, I am. I'm still thinking that by this fall, well, not this fall, but 2021, that we'll be doing Chicago, which is what I was supposed to do um, in in Chicago. Preach. So yeah. Okay. Um, what yeah. else do you have? What I mean, so your remaining couple of marathons, what is on the list? Chicago, hopefully. Oh yeah, again. I have Chicago. Um, I was gonna do, and I'm gonna try to get in again this next year. Um, the tunnel marathon in Snoqualmie Pass oh, um, yeah. mm -hmm. over by Seattle, which is just an awesome, beautiful course. Um, mm -hmm. And then I'll probably do the Spokane Marathon again if I can. It's local, it's hometown, and I really want to support our Spokane running scene. Um, so I'll finish with probably those three. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So of all of the marathons that you've run, I know this is kind of like asking about your favorite child, but do you have a favorite marathon or a couple oh, of favorite marathons? It's so hard. Um, I know. It was, you know, it's Boston, of course. Um, I've done Boston twice and I did it in 1996, which was the 100th anniversary. And oh, wow. so it was amazing. And it was my second marathon ever. Um, and then, and then of course I had to go back after the bombings. So I went back in 2014 and, and I should, I, it, I'm going to mention that, that, um, that siren's behind you. Oh, yeah. I don't should want I people driving. It? No, 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 no. That's fine. I didn't want people driving to pull over. So. Get, oh, okay. <laughs> nope. I'm not. Yeah. yeah keep talking, Heather. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And then when I went back to Boston for the second time, it was just like so surreal and epic. I mean, I can't even talk about it without mm. getting emotional. It was the year after the bombing. So, um, that was probably mm. my best, um, like most move me moving emotionally marathon. Mm. Oh, and now That's child wonderful. is asking if she has enough money. Do I have okay. um, enough money for the flight? Um, is this thirty-five dollars? Yes, that's enough. Um, <laughs> and and did, she, did she just did she just walk out of the store? Did she just so, like steal the thing said, to come at? She said, "Do I have enough <laughs> for thirty-five dollars?" I mean, at this rate, I'm gonna give her a hundred dollars and just go back and say. So probably Boston 2014, yeah. but then yeah. um, I also have to say that the New York Marathon um, is amazing and epic in its own way. Bo mm -hmm. Boston and New York are different, but both like just epic um, experiences. Yeah. And yeah. so is yeah. Chicago. Um, I, I like a lot of people around when I run and a lot of excitement. Um, so you definitely yeah. get those with those marathons, but they're really moving. It's amazing to see so many. What I, what gets me is the people on the sidelines yeah. cheering for hours, like hours. They're out there yeah. yelling. New York, I just was like, these people have been out here for six hours yelling like this. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like so, the so, spectators. So I'm Heather, with you. Heather, then, yeah. though, then what you're here to talk about is very different than that. You did Coeur d'Alene, and yes. so by by pandemic standards, they went big. Um, they had 1,700 people in races yes. of a variety of distances spread across a three-day weekend. So, and then on the website yesterday, I didn't see any specifics of the precautions the race organizers had implemented. So, were you able to learn them ahead of time? Yeah. And, like, how, how much did all of that influence your decision to race? So, um you know, I didn't want to be irresponsible. I didn't, I, oh, Idaho is pretty open c compared to other states yes. and we're only 30 miles away. And, um, my main issue is I didn't want to look socially irresponsible or like mm -hmm. reckless in, but, I, but Ryan Height, who's a race director said, I would never do, you know, he said the city has cleared us. He said, I would never do something that would be irresponsible. He wouldn't. He's got a lot of integrity. And so, um, the, so I didn't realize it until I researched it. Um, he had it spread out. It's not like what you would think of, you know, as a normal race of 1700, it was spread out over three days and you had to mm. pick a oh, okay. quote unquote tea time. Um, oh, like and there golf. were, mm -hmm. yes, like golf. And there were only, you were only allowed to have five in a tea time. So you only were really going to be starting with three other people or four other people. So in oh. my husband and I picked 6:20 AM and it was just my husband and I, so it ended up just being my husband and I, and, um, 
and oh. then you were chipped. You put your chip on, um, mm -hmm. and you took off running at your tea time. So everyone was very spread out. And so it, as far as a race, and, and the, the, sorry, the tea times, and they were five minutes apart? Or what um, were they? They were, I want to say 10 or 15 minutes apart. Oh, wow. So quite spread apart. Yeah. And they started at 5 a.m. And I think all the way up until like noon. And that was for three days. So there were how people did you get, running yeah, for three days. How did you get such an early spot? Well, did it you was to, like, either. you online really quickly? Yes. And, get it? and I was a okay. late registrant. You know, I got, I registered late because I, I was, I didn't think it would actually happen actually. Mm -hmm. And then when it got so close, I told my husband, let's do it. Like, um, it's actually happening. And then when I saw how it was going to be run, I, I was like, we definitely have to do it. Um, very cool, Madeline. And, um, so they were 15 minutes apart. Um, and oh, so I copped on and all the 5am spots were taken. We wanted to start uh -huh. as early as possible because quite honestly, I hadn't trained. I had not trained. I, I, my longest run has been 10 miles. I, oh my, so the, so I knew it was going to hurt and there was going to maybe be some walking and my husband's an ultra runner and he's like, I'll stick with you. I don't care how long it takes. Um, and it, um, so we got going and we were, there was no one else out on the trail. There were a few people in front of us and behind us. Um, so it felt pretty safe. And so very safe. And, the okay. The aid stations um, were very safe too. You could only, they only had bottled water. So you had been bottled um, sports drink and then wrapped food, you know, packaged food, um, bars you, and booze and whatnot. And you had to grab and go. You weren't allowed to hang out at the aid station. So you had to take your bottle and go. We brought sense. our own, yeah, we brought our own stuff um, just in case hydration and stuff. But yeah, it was uh, just like any other. And so there wasn't anyone milling around the aid stations. So, um, so Heather, once you arrived at the race, how did it feel to kind of, I mean, I realized that you were staggered the times, yeah. but how did it feel to be around people? You know, we're also used to yeah. being yeah. home and isolated and especially runners at one, you know, with all the excitement and energy. How did it yeah. Feel? Well, it was really exciting and it felt a mm -hmm. lot like an early morning marathon. You know, it was kind of dark. People were, you know, milling around, but very spaced. There were not a ton. There were not a ton of people out there because mm. everyone was starting at different times. And um, okay. the best thing that happened before the race, one of my Swifts came running across the road. Heather, Heather, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's just like a race. You know, you find someone, and then it's like, we mm -hmm. have to go to the bathroom." So we had our masks on. We had masks uh -huh. on before. The start. Mm -hmm. We ran in the bathroom, just like you do, right? Five minutes before the race is going to start. And then ran out and she said, bye. She was starting at a different time. So I ran off mm. with my husband and we ran through the start line at 620 when we were supposed to. And, um, and then it was chipped. It was an officially chipped race, which I liked. Um, I, that, that sold me on it too, because my own goal of finishing these marathons is to do official races where they're chipped. Yeah. Um, there's I'm been sorry. a lot of virtual opportunities, but I, I've had a hard time wanting to do the virtual just personally. I want a chipped mm -hmm. official time on the internet that says I actually did that. Part mm -hmm. of it is I'm not even sure I would trust myself <laughs> to finish yeah. it if it wasn't chipped. Um, 
Cause I could just, yeah. I would never do that, but I like to know that someone's watching, even if it's a clock oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. a big computer. Yeah. I like big brother. Yes. So, <laughs> but the main yeah. thing too, for this marathon, I've been on the edge. I'm a public school teacher. My daughter's mm-hmm. about to go into second grade and a bomb dropped two weeks ago when all of our school districts said no school and we're going online. And it, mm-hmm. it, I was in just the biggest funk. It was like very hard. Um, so it, this marathon actually really like talked to me off the ledge mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And oh, gave awesome. me hope that there's, that this too will pass. It's, it's not a forever thing. Yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Well, we are going to end on that, that optimistic okay. note. Yeah, yes. agree with you yeah thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you for taking time out <laughs> of your family day to talk with us. Yes, All right, you take welcome. good care and, and good luck hitting that um, 50 goal. Oh, thank you. Yes. Okay, bye, bye ladies. Bye, thank he- you. Bye, Heather. Bye. All right, well, let's hear from someone else, another mother runner on uh, voice memo. Hi, Sarah. My name is Brooklyn, and I'm calling in from Dimity's Neck of the Woods in Fort Collins, Colorado. I completed two half marathon races this summer. My first was the Rocky Mountain National Park Half Marathon, and I followed it up the next Saturday by completing the Yellowstone uh, Small Group Half Marathon in West Yellowstone, Montana, and it was on the Rendezvous Ski Trails. I was so grateful to race, see people achieving their goals, and living their life. The absolute best part of my time was my three daughters hugging me at the finish line of the Yellowstone half. I'm wishing you many happy miles and many happy races this fall. Our final guest is Brittany Dino, a mother of three youngsters who she tells us are planted in front of the TV and will get sweets if they uh, stay (laughs) quiet, uh, which we heartily approve of. Um, Brittany ran a 10K trail race in mid-August in Georgia. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Brittany. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, It was actually July. Oh, July. Okay. All right. Even hotter. Brittany, tell us, <laughs> tell us about, um, you have a twins and a singleton. What are their ages? Um, the twins are three, about to be four. And then my oldest one is just turned five. They're 15 months apart. Oh my gosh. God so you basically, you. you basically have like triplets. Yeah. yeah and I, you, um, if anybody in this area would always see me. I'm the triple stroller mom. <laughs> oh, do you run with the triple stroller? I sure do. Not lately, but Thanks for COVID. <laughs> Good for you. Um, well, I'd love to know a little bit more about your running background. Even though you're young, you've been running for more than 20 years, which is amazing. So tell us a little more about that. Yeah. Um, when I was just started middle school, I was in basketball and the track coach approached me, which was also a mas- basketball coach and was like, I have you signed up for a 5k. See you on Saturday. <laughs> and then, uh, I was always the speedy one on the court and it just progressed from there. He signed me up for one 5k and I just kept going and I had a lot of, um, I guess you would say champions and goals. And then I have records in middle school all the way to high school. And then when I was in high school, I got 15th in the nation, my junior year. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And then college came and you know, babies. So (laughs) I <laughs> thought it was going to be over, but then my husband bought me that triple stroller and I haven't stopped since. <laughs> oh my God. Did you run in college as well? 
Um, no, I got super sick. I was actually supposed to run for Marshall University, which is where I was going. I got sick my freshman year and I, instead of, I just, when you get sick and you're off for so long, it just was too much. So I just mm-hmm. decided to stop. Yeah. Wait, I have to ask as a side note, Marshall University, that's, that's not the place in Cheer, is it? No, it's in West Virginia. It's right oh. in Huntington. Okay. All right. Okay. I was going to get all sorts of excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Brittany. So like, what made you decide to do this race? You know, was it something you were training for? Um, or did you just hear that it was going on? And so you were like, yeah, I'm gonna hop into it. And, and did you, if you were trained for it, did you contemplate not doing it, especially given the infection rate in your state of Georgia? So I was not training for this race. Um, we had, I was, I'm a big road racer. So I was constantly doing road races. COVID took that away from us. And a lot of us around here, I'm part of the 912 group and we were just itching for a race. So when <laughs> one of my shoulder strong moms, uh, she actually is the race director for this race and they're over a city from us. Mm-hmm. And she invited us to come and I was like, yes, just get me let me lace up my shoes. Let me go across that finish line. Let's do it. <laughs> but I'm in Savannah, so there's not a lot of trails to train in, but you know, you got to do what you got to do when you're itching for a race. <laughs> yeah, you sure do. Um, I, I, you just got to get outside, right. And you just need to get to that start line. Um, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so you um, told us beforehand that you found the race nerve wracking. So how so, and what made you feel that way? Well, again, it's a trail run and I'm used to being on the road. I did trail running back in West Virginia, but once you go down to the flat of Savannah, there's no more hills. (laughs) This one was actually hilly course. You got grass. Um, When I was running just in my neighborhood, it's all pavement. So I wasn't used to going from different terrain. And I was nerve wracking because um, I've done another race and they were doing COVID by separating us and time slots. Mm -hmm. This one was a trail race and you had to um, sign saying that you understand the COVID um, and the CDC guidelines and that you will understand if you do come with down with COVID, it's not their fault and that Mm -hmm. you were aware of the symptoms. So So, So no precautions. I mean, hand sanitizer everywhere. They redirected people if they started getting in groups. Um, the finish, the start and finish line, we were crowded, but they tried to make us space out. And I mean, we signed before we even entered the course. So, mm-hmm. but 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 no specific like, okay, we're going to start everybody. Like you you indicated that you did a different race and that there were it was a wave start. Is that right? Yeah, I did the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and that was a road race, and they had us in kind of like a, I guess, like a tee off time. You go this time if you want to, and space out by five minutes. Okay. So this this um, trail race, though, didn't have that? No, um, they were a lower number of people yeah. than a typical road race, so they were going on that. Um, they also were more since it's a trail they're more spaced out because once you get past that finish line well the start to the finish it spaces people out yeah okay but but you also indicated um beforehand that you also felt like there were a lot of inexperienced trail racers and that kind of added to the nerve-wrackingness yes 
Yes, yes, yes. So again, like I said, everybody was itching for a race because we're used to pavement. Mm-hmm. There was tons of people that would never run this trail race because last year this trail race they had was smaller. So mm-hmm. that's why they were thinking this would be COVID safe. Oh, mm-hmm. This year, everyone signed up for it because they're just itching for a race. So we have people that are super fast on pavement are now on the trails and you have some people tripping. We had a person fall. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. So, and it was... Uh, I promise I'll let Katie get a question in here, but I just have to keep asking these follow-ups. That that so you're saying that this this race this year had more participants than last year? Correct. Yes, and, more and, people. And they didn't have a a limit on it. And they didn't cap it. They listen to the skepticism in our in our voices. Like, what? <laughs> Who are these people? No, I'm just kidding. So they didn't have cap because they already had the permit, and it's on a private property. Oh. So, so it's for the Truland House Boys, which is like an organization for homeless and foster mm-hmm. boys to keep them in, out of like get them on like a community base, interactive location. It's kind of like a 4-H camp style. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to anything my, like that? My, my kids have been to 4-H camp, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of like a 4-H camp for them. So this was more of a funding, this race was funding for them. Okay. So it's on their property and it's a private property. So it was like they already had the permits. They don't have to cap off. They do use precaution and they had a sign. And you signed a waiver, so they yes. and, aren't and you know, trouble. coronavirus doesn't, you know, private property. Coronavirus is like, oh no, 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 I haven't been invited. I won't go onto the property. There's a bubble. Yeah, there's um, a bubble. It's private. I'm not allowed. Yeah. So after Sarah, I peppered you with all these questions. Is there, um, is there anything that you, because of some of the bumps, but it seems like it was, you know, it went off pretty well. Is there anything that you would have liked to see the race directors do differently or the participants or volunteers do differently besides the newbies not run it maybe again? <laughs> <laughs> so this would be my third race during COVID. I would suggest since it's COVID, you're not supposed to hand out water, bo- like water in the cups. They do mm-hmm. water bottles. Right. I would highly recommend with gloves, open those water bottles and just put it on a table or something. Mm-hmm. Running and trying to open a water bottle was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's no what way. our first guest said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't have any water while I was running because I have nerve damage in my left hand and couldn't get it open. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I would say that, and I would also suggest that even though they weren't expecting that many people to sign up last minute, I would have suggest a five minute spacing because it was a chip timing. Mm-hmm. They okay. could have spaced it by little herds of people. Right. Well, okay. Yeah. And I mean, like, let's just do that just to make it a more pleasurable, not all grouped up at once, you know, regardless of, of illness spreading between you all, you know, like, let's just have some some elbow room, literally. Exactly. Did people have masks on at the beginning, at the start of the race and kind of pull them down or toss them or anything? Um, We had masks for bib pickup because you could only pick up your bib that day, that morning. Okay. So everyone had a mask. It was just when they got to the start line, that's when you started seeing no mask. Mm -hmm. And a mandatory mask at the pickup? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Okay. Um, So, and... 
Um, would you say your experience has soured you on racing until after there's a vaccine and the pandemic is under control? Because I'm just amazed you've done three during the pandemic. Like you didn't indicate that. Like you're like the jackpot of, of, <laughs> of guests here. Like I said, I'm used to running every Saturday. I always have a race. I'm usually pushing my girls. Um, sadly, they haven't been able to join me. They will not join me until after this whole thing is situated because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they're more important to me. I'd right. rather be quarantined than them. They get sick. Uh, I, sad part is I have another race coming up. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, there, this one is the same with the first road race where they were going to have five minute intervals and they did really good last time. So I'm like, yes, I'll sign up and do this again. Mm-hmm. Um, the trail run that I did this past weekend that we were discussing, she's like, the only race director for that race so it's probably just a hiccup on that part so mm-hmm. it's not going to be a bad sour mouth because it was only a once i'm directing for her so i'm going to go forward with savannah races and be okay with that because they did perfectly with the red hot chili pepper with spacing people out five minutes if you wanted to come they also had the time frames that you could pick mm-hmm. and those are in are those in savannah um, the Savannah races are in Savannah. Some locations like Polar. So the next one will be in Polar, which is a city over. Mm. The trail run was in Rinkin. So that's two city overs. Mm. Mm. So, and the, so the ones in Savannah, uh, given what you've said, I assume those were on the road. I mean, are there any spectators? No, that's the sad part. Um, no spectators are allowed. The only people on course are runners and they don't even have, like they have, a couple of people that work for that company, that's the only ones allowed on there. So wow. if there's a water station, AKA hand in the water bottles, that is just one person with gloves and a mask and they work for that company. Mm. So volunteers are not allowed to come out either. And do you see, I mean, are there like, do family members get chased away? If it's, if it happened to be in front of my house, like I might just be like, Oh, it's kind of a boring day. And look, there's something going on. I might stroll down to the sidewalk and see, you know, ring a cowbell or two I mean what do you think somebody like that would get chased away no because the race director is still at the front of where the start and finish is if you're running through a like neighborhood mm-hmm. you only see one volunteer and they're masked up so I don't think they're going to even say anything to you mm. is the course marked off I mean you know or do they is it shut down the road races um, with COVID, they are not allowed to have a lot of police on hand, like okay. they usually do. So they are not marked as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're, um, not, they, they're not closed course. They're not closed course, but That's they have us go through neighborhoods that are safe. So we don't have to worry about traffic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite distance, Brittany? Do you like, to, or is 10K kind of your, your GM or do you like to do all different race, um, distances? I love to do all dif- different races. Um, my least would be a 5K after being introduced to a 10K. Mm-hmm. My favorite, of course, is a 10K, but I always enjoy half. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to do a full, which I was scheduled to do a full, and then COVID happened and they had to cancel the race. So mm-hmm. fingers yeah. crossed for next year. <laughs> was it a local full? Yes, it was a local full. Again, Savannah races, it was Skidaway and 
it was it just couldn't happen it goes through a retired community and okay. they just didn't want to chance it at all yes mm-hmm. and then they were like doing the spacing out and i was like ah, i don't want that experience as my first full because yeah. i wanted my family there and my family couldn't be there so totally i was going to ask if you would ever consider doing a virtual full which i could not imagine doing but there's people that are mm-hmm. have a lot more strength than i do <laughs> Yeah, I have a friend that's coming up in September that I'm pacing her on a bike and she's doing her Boston. Wow. Nice. Wow. Wow, that's generous of you to um ride alongside of her for 26.2. Uh-huh. Nice. Entertainment, baby shark and the bike trailer hooked up. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, thank you for joining us, Brittany. And um, I'm just really kind of in awe of all the stuff that's going on out there. This was very eye-opening to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You stay safe. Thank you for having me. Thank Bye. you. Bye. All right. A final voice memo. Hey there, my name is Sarah Bergman and I am from Jacksonville, Florida. I was so excited to run my first post-COVID race last weekend. It was a small 5K that took place on the beach here in Jacksonville. When we registered, you selected a start time and it was limited to 50 runners every 10 minutes to make sure we could all be socially distanced and all of that good stuff. Um, The race itself was so well organized. I felt totally safe the entire time. So much so that I came home and pretty much immediately registered for the next race this Labor Day. (laughs) Um, I think the greatest part about the whole experience is how everyone there was just so grateful to be running again, that there were no issues. People listened. People were courteous. Everyone wore their masks when they were supposed to wear masks, and it was just so wonderful to be back out and running with people again. Um, The entire experience gave me so much hope for the future of racing. I think that the ideas used on the smaller race could pretty easily be implemented on a larger scale. And I am very confident that we will all be out running again very soon. Thanks so much. All right. Well, Katie, I mean, like, I just feel like I live under that. I live under a a rock that's six feet apart from you. I mean, I had no idea. I mean, clearly, I feel like I need to get online and find a race somewhere that I need to go run. I'm completely under-accomplished right now, but it is... See, I think the opposite. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I don't need to find one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel kind of both. It's, I'm, I do miss the excitement of a race, right? I really do. And if I lived in a more rural part of the country where it felt safe, I would do it, but that Mm. just isn't going to happen here. It just in Colorado or in Denver, I should say. It's just, yeah, I was going to say maybe you could drive you know, quite a ways or go, go yeah. back to your home state of Kansas. Yes. They yes. have cornfields in Kansas. I think, <laughs> a lot. <so>. But <laughs> it's sunflower fields. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah all, all of it. Um, wheat fields, actually, if you want to be specific about it, but it's just so hot. So I, I, I commend all of these ladies and I think it's so impressive that they're, you know, really trying, continuing to find those races and achieve their goals um, during mm-hmm. all of this. So hats yeah. off to them. Not exactly. something that I would put first on my priority list. Definitely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Katie, you are our director of marketing. So yes. I would be, be remiss if I didn't urge listeners strongly to sign up for our newsletter. It is loaded with goodness, well-crafted blog posts, links to our giveaways, motivational memes, and more. We only send it out on Tuesdays and Fridays, so it won't um, clog up your inbox. And Katie, one bonus that I forgot, on the same page where someone subscribes, 
Um, there's a sh our short Brantham video about another mother runner, which I have to plug, um, was directed and produced by my best friend, Chalkley. So, um, so to sign up and watch the video, if you like, go to anothermotherrunner.com slash subscribe, a special page that Katie created. Um, <laughs> again, go to anothermotherrunner.com slash subscribe, and we thank you both. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Mm -hmm.